going on, everybody? Into the 16th installment of the Dogs Basketball Podcast. It is officially game week. No matter what kind of game it is, we are officially here. It's officially nearing the season. I'm your host, Nick Malone, joined by my co-host, Noah Lurch. Noah, basketball season is officially here. We know football is doing their thing and doing great. Nothing like basketball season, though. Oh, yeah. It is wonderful to be back here on this basketball central podcast uh it's gonna be a great season hopefully um we got things to discuss uh preseason zoom calls everything we're ready to get into it oh it's gonna be a long hopefully everybody sticks with it on this one it's gonna be a good one so no we know it's basketball season when it comes to a team picture and our guys did post that everybody looking good they got the new jersey the home new home jerseys on i mentioned before seeing the other ones that kind of if you're looking at them now you can see them Right above the Under Armour, there's that white line that goes into the neck, the neck part that kind of hinted like it's different. Like obviously you don't see that a lot. It stuck out to me. Cash Capel looks really good in his jersey. Overall, the whole team looks really good. Our, our great coaching staff, Riley and our and our managers, it all looks really good. We said how it's a new header alert, and it is our new header. Uh, and there's some things they posted on that tweet, actually, we we're going to say later. But you you guys can get $5 tickets for its community night for this exhibition game tomorrow against Henderson State at 7 o'clock, which we said we will. Uh, we will preview Henderson State at the end of this, so stay tuned for that. And students get in free all season long, as we are aware of. So it's good to see the team posing for a picture ready to go. And Noah, we'll get into all that, yes, but as we mentioned before, we always kick off our pod if there is some kind of commitment, some kind of thing person added to the program knowing it's a big one man we knew he was we knew he was coming to or coming to a visit uh, a couple weeks ago in the last home game Noah Cade Hornecker Cade Hornecker whichever which one it doesn't matter Noah because we landed a big fish yeah we uh, mentioned on our last pod that we heard that he might be coming and uh maybe it was on the football pod actually but uh yeah, we knew he was coming into Southern Illinois to make a visit, and uh, it's a big one. He says, uh, I believe he said a part of the football atmosphere sold him on Southern Illinois, so hopefully we can translate in that into the arena as well to bring back. We know the dog pound has been out in full force for football, so hopefully it can be out in basketball as well. But, yeah, big-time commitment, three-star, 6'11 center, um, had offers from Butler, Creighton, Kansas State, Oklahoma, and others. Um, recruiting analyst Brandon Jenkins of 24-7 Sports says, Hornecker is a six foot eleven big man who has a natural element of touch in his game and that should continue to v- develop. Learning the art of the post-up game will take time, but when he understands it, he can score over like over anybody like his size, will become a decent low post scorer. His glaring weakness Right now, it comes into terms of his everyday passion to play the games as he needs to become more assertive in seeking the ball off the rim and protecting it. However, his size, skill, and give and skill give him the potential to be t- productive collegiate big man down the road. Um, listening to that, it's uh, maybe a little polish on the polish of his game that would take a little bit once he gets here. Uh, Hopefully he can get here during the summer. We know we like to get guys here early in the weight room with our guys that will turn you into monsters. So hopefully this is a big get. Can't wait to see him. Hopefully has a good senior year and we get him in Maroon soon. Yes, and he posts a picture, it looks like, with his family and the coaches. He does look good in that Maroon jersey. 
It was because, like we said, we knew it was coming, and it was a matter of with those big schools in on that we would even have a chance. And it looks like obviously we did. And yes, the football atmosphere that uh, he had or that he experienced for us, the ten thousand plus at homecoming, sold him. And that's what we've been preaching all the time and everything that you know, if you what these recruits see and what they you know want to experience when they're here is you know we said that you know it was a big. Uh, crowd for homecoming specifically. We're not sure if it would have, if it was a non-homecoming, it wouldn't have been as big. But still, I mean, we said that that was a perfect week to have these guys here overall, some football guys, and then Cade here, because that's the kind of atmosphere we want and need all the time. So that you know, that being a reason why people uh, commit is just music to our ears and what we expect and what we want. Yeah, he averaged nine points, six rebounds, and a block per game for a twenty-four and fourteen last season. That reached Class Five A semifinals. Uh, yeah, it said he was a three-star according to 24-7 and rivals. He did say of that, he could say, quote, just everything. It just felt like normal. It just felt like my high school when he was here visiting. So all the pageantry and stuff. The town of Moore, he's from Amarillo, Texas, town of Moore, 190,000 people, which is 121 miles north of Lubbock and 259 of Oklahoma City. So, yeah, it said he was, according to this pod, that he was – what, when he was 17, he visited Purdue, Kansas State, Creighton, before deciding on SIU. 195 pounds, center as a sophomore. He added weight and some range last season. He called his mid-range game the best thing he does offensively, and it feels like he has talents who will fit well in MVC. Noah, and if we go back and watch his film, it does. When he gets in the middle of the paint, and people don't want to play zone when he's on the court, he will thrash a zone, Noah. If he gets in the middle, that tall jump shot is unstoppable. Yeah, uh, not to put him on this to uh, compare him to maybe somebody. But uh, um, when I watched this game, a little bit of uh, Dirk Nowinski in him, I seen that as that tall guy that can knock down the three, but that mid-post game is where he loves to be, and that's what I brought from that tape. I mean, literally an unstoppable shot. Like, his release point makes it to where it's impossible. Being seven foot, we preached before, Noah, how we want more seven footers. You know, the last good se- the last seven footer we had overall was Dean Leak. You know, Kavion was close. Barrett was close to legit seven-footer. It was Ding Lincoln. He was a non-impact. Even though we've talked before how we've seen him recently, he looks like a freak. If he looked that in college, we would have been even better than we were. So it's great having a seven-footer. Yeah, that release point would be unstoppable to guard for most people. He said, quote, I think I'll fit well. I think I do the little things that cause teams to win. So hopefully I can make an impact at Southern Illinois for years to come. My mid-range and post-scoring are definitely spot-on. I've been working on that. I've been working on my shot. I shoot threes. My mid-range is definitely my best shot. But I'll score down low. I'll shoot threes. Try to do it all. And he is a little bit of a playmaker, I saw Noah. And Todd mentioned in this article all the other all the size we have and you know the other bigs we have on our team, which we'll get to, which obviously we all know about. We'll just mention it down the road. His verbal commitment is non-binding. He can officially sign with SIU in November. And we have one more scholarship open for next season. We talked, no, before this happened, we didn't think we were going to get him, obviously, or have a chance, even though the chance is always there. Obviously, you never count ourselves out of anything, and this proves that. We talked about how we have already a stable of core guys that we said that if we didn't have anybody in 2022, it wouldn't be the biggest of deal. We know 2023's got a lot of impact players, and we know since we have three freshmen coming in this year, if they can make impacts, you know, it's next year outside of Cash and Anthony and barring transfers that you'll be so many people deep that it wouldn't matter if we added a guy, Noah. But adding a guy of this caliber obviously trumps any of that, that he will fit right in. 
Yeah, absolutely. We talked about discussing maybe uh, waiting if you're not if you don't get anybody by the November signing period, maybe waiting for the transfer period at the end of the year, seeing how that goes. But uh, yeah, when you can get a talent like this and the uh, upside this kid has, uh, it's a no brainer, and we're glad to have him. Hopefully, has a great senior year, like I said, and uh, we'll be t- we'll stay tuned and keep you guys updated like we do for football commits. Yes, and just the fact that he was interested, getting interest from all those other teams, and he said he didn't even bother taking a visit then after he visited us. So that just shows, because we always give props to both programs and their ability to recruit, that we need to keep giving props to our basketball uh, staff for pulling off recruiting like this, because this is just unbelievable. Another post that Cade made on his Twitter, the list of people I could think for where I am is too long to even list from God to my coaches, to my friends, to my family, to my friends, parents. If you're one of these people, I hope you know you mean so much to me and I wouldn't be here without you in basketball, but as well as in life. Today was one of the best days of my life and I'm, and I'm so excited to join SIU next year, but there's bigger things at hand right now in Amarillo. Got to bring home that state championship. So, so blow sand for now, but also go dogs. So yes, it is great. This is one of the best commits, obviously, we've we've had in, in, the, in Brian's era, without a doubt. So, uh, so excited for him down the road because, no, we talked about other bigs that we were in on that Cade was kind of like a far-fetched one, it seemed like. But the fact that he's better than any of the other ones we got, we know N.J. Benson stayed in conference to go to Missouri State. It seemed like Murray State was the favorite, but he landed with the Bears. And, Noah, let's get into this other one that we were in on. Have been on in on for a while, and we didn't know how strong the interest was. We thought that this whole time, but no, Robbie Avila, who, as we know, cut his list down to four teams. We were one of them with Northern Iowa, Appalachian State, and Indiana State, Noah, and we were we were DM'd before this about someone, Todd Patton DM'd us about where we thought Robbie could go, and we mentioned to him that we would be surprised if he landed with us, that you know, if we added him, obviously our front court for the long haul would be insane. And this was while we had Kate at the time. And we thought he was headed to Northern Iowa, Noah, because obviously, you know, if you if it's not us and we looked at the other teams in there that you and I seem like the prime target, but Noah, he chose the Sycamores. Kind of shocking, right? Yeah, um, it's probably uh, – he probably looked at it for the long haul um, of looking at it. Hey, that's probably my best opportunity to play right away. Um, that's something he probably wants to do, but it's not what it's not it's what everybody every kid really wants to do. But that's not always the best thing as a true freshman coming into play. Um, as we know, it'll probably make him better if he's thrown in the fire right away. Uh, yeah, I thought he was going to Northern Iowa. Um, I would have looked at it as him, knowing that's a really good program and uh, the bigs they've had throughout the years. And uh, Fife will be gone after after next year, so. Two more years of five, so he'd be he'd learn after from five and work with him in practice every day. Maybe that's where he'd go. But uh, yeah, Josh Shirts with a big landing, big fish landing. Um, we were in a, on a vela for a while, but uh, backed off right before we got Cade. So that's that's good for him. Shout out to him, but he'll be losing us two times a year. Yeah, we know Robbie's talent because we've said how he's got a little bit of camera Crowick to him in terms of his playmaking ability, to pass ability to finish around the rim, really crafty and all that stuff. So we thought Loyola was a perfect spot for him. And that's why we thought we would have interest in him for sure because obviously Brian coached Cameron for a lot of years. So the interest by all of us was there. And it is surprising. Indiana State's got a really good history. Obviously, Larry Bird went there and such. So you can sell him on that, but just selling him on, 
you know, the new coaching staff and stuff. It is definitely a surprise. So the other two bigs we're in on join the conference. It's unfortunate, but they'll be looking forward to playing us with Kate Horniker moving forward. So we wish them luck in that sense in terms of guarding him and vice, vice versa. Who knows how it could be? We know we were confident in our bigs anyway. So we'll be seeing those guys next year counting Kate. So it's a big uh, recruiting last almost week or so, two weeks if you count NJ's decision or longer than that. So a lot going on in the conference, big wides for 2022. Now I know before we get into the preseason polls and the All-NBC teams and our predictions and such and a lot more other stuff, we know Randall Falker, because we haven't been on this pod since I think 10 days, and it was on a Friday, the night of the inductions for everybody. And uh, Randall's got posted from Mike about late last week, and it was really good. Uh, the ending was really special on that. The, the, the uh, quality of that audio wasn't the best. At times, you could definitely hear him pretty well. And, you know, he jumped right into thanking his family members for being there for him, his, his big brother, for being – he said he never beat his brother in basketball. And he loved the guidance that he had that his, his mom and dad kept him in basketball, kept his mind on it for him to be – for him to reach his goals and reach his potential – uh, he mentioned his uh, grandmother for holding down the fort. He had an uncle that uh, apparently was a, was a referee, he said, and he said that he talked to him about uh, what really is considered a foul. He said that, that obviously played a factor in my career in general. So he, he got notes from his uncle about like how to play the game, and he was like the, the son he never had, he said. So a lot of good family stuff he mentioned. He mentioned all of the greats because uh, Mike, whenever he introduced him, he said that, Something that Randall said before that he he because when Bruce Weber and Chris Lowry went to recruit him, that Randall was uh, questioned why are you guys you know because obviously they were who they were at the time that he was like why are you guys coming to see me uh, in the St. Louis area and stuff so pretty special and he mentioned uh, or Mike mentioned how popular he was among his teammates which as we know that is the case uh, he's really good friends with all those guys he talked about all the stuff that they did on and off the court. Um, but Noah, he went into, and he mentioned how obviously Chris, or the atmosphere, cause he mentioned, you know, uh, coach Lowry's wife made them dinner. He said he had his mom sent him recipes when he was there to get the, the feeling of home. Uh, he just, he obviously we know he ride, he rode his bike everywhere. He said, he said he partied when he could, um, just a lot of great stuff in that in his time here. He loved his teammates. He mentioned the impact of coach Lowry overall, the impact of, um, uh, blanking on his name. Um, Coach Watson, obviously, is now the the color for radio. We'll get to hear him this year. He talked about the impact of him, and that was great. Uh, and then he mentioned how you know he he loves love his time here, loved the fans, and the biggest things of all that he didn't care about statistics at all. He cared about just doing what it takes to win because he t- said that there's nothing like cutting down the nets. There's nothing like hearing your name on Selection Sunday. The stuff that we love to hear and the stuff we know that we want to happen at the current program. And he said that we hope that we can continue to make more memories at the program. And, of course, he mentioned it or he ended it with Go Dogs, And it was really chilling. It was great. Everybody needs to go listen to it. Uh, as we know, Randall, huge piece of all these teams. He's sixth in the rebounding, top in blocks. He should have been in this a long, long time ago. But the impact that he had on the program today, and like we said, he was with when he was here. He was talking with the current players and such, the impact he's had. And he had a long playing career. He only quit that in the last couple of years. So he's just a great human being, and it was a great, it was a great speech overall. Randall Falker is 
Arguably, outside of other guys that went to the NFL, Randall, Randall Falker in his time had one of the biggest impacts, not only player, or not only big man, but player overall. He's, he's tremendous. Yeah, he's a legend at SIU, and uh, it's great to see that he finally gets his due and gets put into the Saluki Hall of Fame. And uh, love seeing him come back, and uh, hopefully he comes back more. And having him, we recently had Jamal Tatum back too. Seeing those players come back and talk with the guys and uh looks like they were practice video practice they were in practices so they're giving tips it's great to see because um, we know as a success we had those with those guys so if they're giving tips out that'll help us in the future and uh yeah it's great to see love that brian's having those guys back we know matt charlotte's overseas so probably won't have him back but there's other guys we can bring back as well we'd love to see it and yeah that speech was awesome um uh, if you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. It gives you chills. Yeah, and we know Tony Boyle is still in the area, and uh, Randall mentioned him a lot, and we know he was at that dinner at Coca Pelli and stuff for former players. And yeah, Jamal, I wonder if Jamal was at the induction. I'm not sure if he was. They inducted a lot of people, obviously, uh, Deanna Price and people like that. So yeah, overall, it was great. And welcome, Randall, to the Hall of Fame, enshrined forever. Uh, now, Noah, segueing a little bit now before we get to these other stuff. We wanted to mention how we wish we had a scrimmage or a kickoff game. We've seen around the Valley and other schools. Definitely, I, you know, being a Memphis fan, too, seeing uh, their Memphis Madness they do every year where they, you know, sell out their place. They have dunk contests. They have little scrimmages themselves. The hype around it, they bring certain – I know that's Memphis. That's not us. But, no, we know Bradley even – has a lot of games. Who else around the Valley has either kickoff games or hype rallies or stuff like that that yeah, we don't do? Drake Drake had a really cool one where they took a uh, got a blue and black basketball court outside and they did theirs outside. Had a little pep rally out there and it was pretty cool. Yeah, um, I told I was telling you I remember as a kid going to something like this at SIU when we were good and uh, yeah, it just sucks. We wonder why we don't have one. Um, obviously. Uh, we don't have to have a dunk contest in, but I remember we. I remember going to have watching scrimmages and stuff. It was just, it'd be cool to see as a, and it'd probably bring in more people and get them more excited for the season. But yeah, it just sucks we don't have one. Maybe that'll change as uh, Brian's uh, coaching career goes on. But yeah, obviously, I'm sure maybe Loyola had something like it. Not sure about that, but hopefully that changes. Yeah, because we, like we said, yeah, we want more people to show up. And if I think they would to that, it's it's interesting. We wish it, it would be the case. So we wanted to get that in there. And no one else get into the big stuff that came out. We've been looking forward to seeing all this forever. Uh, we will we will list all the teams as well outside of the poll. We will list our own poll and our own teams of who we think could be on here as well. We agree on a lot of it. But going to know or know what the actual preseason poll is, We've talked how it's pretty similar to what we've had before in our previous ones. Drake is the preseason favorite. We've talked a lot about Missouri State's potential, that Loyola being consistent, but Drake takes the cake uh, with 411 first-place votes. Um, right, I think that's what they have there on the side, right? Yeah. And then they have... No, that's total points, 29 first-place votes in parentheses. I got you, and then points, okay, so... Drake taking the way in that. Noah Loyola at number two. Not surprised really at that at all. You and I coming in at three. We know that the impact of bringing back all the players they have coming in, they're not too far behind in points west of Loyola, which is crazy. 
And then no other one that sticks out the most of us, you know, the teams in the top four aren't, uh, you know, crazy, obviously surprised, but the, how they're placed a little bit. Missouri State at four. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, we are, seems like we are higher on Missouri State than what they could be on that. But uh, barring injury, uh, any notable injuries, the Bulldogs had to be the favorite because what they did last year, they're getting – they have the coach of the year from last year, and they're getting Roman Penn back and others. But we know they lost Joe, Joseph Yusefu, but they brought in uh, Io and Kenwale to bring uh, – to fill those shoes and yeah, they know they saw the glue guy and Garrett Sturt. So yeah. And, and the Murphy, one of the Murphy brothers and tank as well, coming back off injury. Uh, we know what they're capable healthy. So no surprise there. Um, no first place votes for Missouri States, which was shocking, but yeah, Loyola, you and I, Missouri state, um, kind of surprised by it, but all the top four are pretty much on their own almost, especially the top three. Yeah, exactly. I think so, too. And yeah, you're right. We are a little higher on Missouri State than I guess everybody else is. We know the super team they've been forming, adding Donovan Clay, that we thought that that could have done enough because they did have a quality conference season last year. So we thought building off that, you know, with you know the other star power they had in adding Clay, that it would help, especially, I think, over you and I a little bit. But they get A.J. Green back, so that, I guess, obviously makes them who they are. So now Noah us, and we knew – the four teams were who they were. We had a feeling we would land at five, and we do. No first place votes for us. Uh, no surprise at five, would you say? Yeah, no surprise. That's expected probably from most uh, SIU fans. But uh, I, we're happy with it. Uh, we're not worried about these polls. But uh, it's a good spot to see what we match up against the rest of the Valley. Yeah, it's a great spot because I think, obviously, the top four teams are obviously tough for their own reasons. But us coming off the bad season that we had putting ninth, but they know the players we've added and how we are, and obviously the teams below us, how they fared that we're in at this five position. So we're thankful for that. Noah Bradley at six. We know the turnover they've had recently, and we had a film we've been saying how Bradley would be right behind us, sixth, and ours as well. A lot of turnover, but some returning players, and they will be a threat. We know they're in the same tournament as us over in the Virgin Islands. So, um not surprising to see Bradley at this point either. Yeah, we know what happened last year. Uh, COVID and uh, injuries and serious off-the-court issues pretty much torpedoed Bradley's season. Uh, we know how good of a coach Brian Wardle is, but uh, he's done a heck of a job rebuilding that roster as fast as he can and uh, has done a really good job to it. And they're probably uh, dark horse of the Valley-wise. They're probably us and Bradley are the two, got, two teams to watch out for. I agree. Bradley's definitely a dark horse probably the you're right along with us yeah and Brian Wardle we, we've said before how we respect him you know his ability to place whatever in the but or you know in the standings and then get to the tournament and do his thing you know being back-to-back tournament champions is a big deal and he keeps bringing in talent there um, Valpo we know has a lot of turnover as well a lot of obviously losing clay and a lot of uh, big time veteran gets around the country so Valpo at seven isn't too surprising, I guess, when you look at it in that sense. Evansville Noah's bringing back a lot of players, as we know, and they have a Valley member, all-Valley member we'll get to in a second. So they got quality. Indiana State, We at number nine, we said how, uh, which them and Evansville can almost flip-flop, 148 to 147 points. And getting Robbie Avila then, you know, in this Josh Sturts area, yeah, the, you know, this year might be tough. They brought back guys that were transferring at first. Cooper Nice. Was Tyreek ever in the portal or was he no, just undecided? He, he was just 
either moving on from right i probably probably took uh tested the waters probably for the nba or something but he was never in the portal right uh which is obviously good for him I mean, he's left his legacy it'd be hard for him to leave you know him and uh lansing were pretty pretty close so i'd say uh it was a surprise for him it was disappointing for him but he's bought into what now they're doing them at nine and noah noah no uh Wow, I said Noah, Noah, no. Illinois State uh, coming in at 10. That's definitely a surprise, 68 points. That's almost 100 less than nine Indiana State. So uh, overall, I mean, I'm thinking about what ours was at the start of the year. It's almost exact outside of where Missouri State is. Other than that, Noah, it seems about exact, right? Um, yeah, well, our, our uh, way too early, yeah. That's uh, probably almost exact. Uh, Missouri State moves around a little bit, but uh... – yeah, it's almost exact. So that is that. And then they also came out with the preseason first, second, and third team. That's all they do. They never really, I guess, come out with freshmen, six-man newcomer or newcomer teams or any of that. They just decide that at the end of the year. But, no, let's, let's get into these first teams. Let's talk about our surprises. For this first team, obviously the return of A.J. Green is reasonable. He is on here. We'll get to his status. We'll get to what all these coaches in their press conferences, what their status of the team are, but we'll go through these teams first. And later we'll get into our picks uh, down the road. I guess we could jump into that after this. A.J. Green's on this, Noah. Isaiah Mosley's on this, which obviously he led the, the Valley in scoring last year, no surprise. Roman Penn, who's you know the best guard, point guard in the conference, we do love our boy Lance Jones. Roman Penn is just if he if they had him down the stretch in the tournament, who knows? You know, yes, if who doesn't have the tournament, he does, and maybe get the chance at Kansas. A lot of things play out crazily if Roman Penn doesn't get hurt. So they would have done even more damage. He's on here. Noah Gage Prim, no surprise here. Dominant. He will dominate again this year. But Noah, the one that isn't a surprise at all, really, with his talent. We just you know the aforementioned Tyree Key. He made this list as well. So. I mean, I don't think you'll say any surprises, but what do you think of that first team? Yeah, it's uh, no surprise to me. I believe once we get to our predictions, I have one adjustment. But, yeah, those all five deserving. A.J. Green's healthy. You know what he can do. Tyree Key's probably uh, one of the better better scorers and all-around players in the conference. And, yeah, like you said, Mosley led led in scoring. Roman Penn's Roman Penn and Gage Prem. Yeah, good luck against him. You mentioned how Cam Crabber was the only one to really stop Gage Prem last year. He had – couple of 2020 games, one against us that sticks out, so we'll be keeping an eye on that. We like our bigs this year to put up a chance against him. It will be tough. Um, so, go, yeah, you're right on Tyreek. I mean, he is – he's got we, – we talked before, we don't know exactly. He's got at least 1,700 points. He's, he, he'll be pushing the 2,000-point mark this year. Incredible career. His jersey will be in the rafters one day. Now, no, the second team, we have a member on here. Marcus Damask, he is coming off injury, as we know. He's healthy. He is ready to go. And, no, we know his talent, so it's not surprising to see Marcus on here, is it? Yeah, as we know, uh, if he's healthy and doing what he does, uh, he could be pushing for that first team as well, not only other than uh, the other guy on the second team that many think should have been on the first team is Lucas Williamson. Uh, Those are the two that also could be pushing uh, Tyreek Key or maybe uh, Mosley. Uh, for those spots, but yeah, if he's healthy, he's a player of the year candidate and uh, most deserving on the second team. And the fact that how much of an impact he had as a freshman to be newcomer and freshman and be on those Valley teams, 
And then uh, obviously getting hurt last year, he was on trajectory to be on with these teams again. So it'll be be great to see his comeback story, knowing how great of a player he is. Shanquan Hinfel is on this team. No surprise there. Incredible talent. We thought we were only getting him for one year, but COVID lets him come back. So that's a scary sight. Uh, Ben Cricky, who we'll get into a little bit, I will just say it now, I guess, when when uh, Lottis talks about him, he will play the four this year. We've talked about that on the last one, I believe. So that's scary as well with the players they got coming in. No surprise there. He's talented. He killed us. We he, Every time we play him, he kills us. Not having Clay there either. Now he will take over more games. No, I guess this could be a surprise because he struggled a lot last year. He was really good two years ago. Austin Fife on the second team. Thoughts? Yeah, he gets his uh, mate back in A.J. Green, which makes him a lot better as a player. So that's when he had his best years. A.J. Green, player of the year and freshman of the year, as A.J. was great. So that probably that's what I think has the most to do with it. You're right. And he's, you know, I think whenever Kyler played him last year, Filowich, he did pretty well against him. So we know Kyler, and we'll get to that, you know, how well he's improved going into this year. Um you know, the impact of guarding a guy like Austin Fife, how that'll be this season. Yeah, Lucas Williamson, as you said, is on here. Uh, we'll get to the things. Yeah, I think he definitely deserves to be on the first team coming in, and we'll, we'll get to him about what Drew Valentine had to say about the status of Lucas. So that's the second team. Marcus, Tank, Cricky, Fife, and Williamson. And I know the third team, we have another member on this as well. The Lance Jones had a birthday recently. We love Lance. We love his fight, his fearless attitude, his ability to do everything on the court and improve in so many facets. Great to see Lance on this list. Well-deserved 13 because he got the third team last year at the end of the season. Now he's on preseason. Yeah, he's well-deserved. He carried us down the stretch last year, put us on his back. And, uh, yeah, he's capable of doing that with ease, and uh, he could push for that second team as well. But. Yeah, third team is where he probably belongs preseason-wise, and he'll uh, hopefully prove that wrong and make the second team. He, he could even – if he's – if he takes over more games and uh, we want, as Brian Mullen says, we want Lance to be Lance, he could easily somehow end up on the first team. Yeah, and Brian also mentioned we'll get to again how well of a shooter Lance has become, an elite shooter, which he wasn't really, obviously, as a freshman. And Yeah, he did carry the low when Marcus got hurt, and it's sad that he didn't get to play – he didn't get to finish the game against Bradley in the tournament or playing Loyola. Who knows? We got smoked in that game. Anthony played really well that game. It would be interesting to see because Lance dominated Loyola at the end of this regular season. It would be interesting to see how it would have fared in the uh, tournament. But, yeah, Lance is on here. Cannot wait to see his jump even more this year. Shamar Givens, Noah, a returnee of Evansville. Uh, you know, he, he killed us also in, in a couple of those games. We played them last year, and he's really talented. No surprise to see him on here, really. Jay Sean Henry, we know he was hurt at the end of the season for Bradley, didn't play against us in the tournament. He is on here. We know he kills us as well. He's such a brute, strong player, and he's you know he's really tough in the post, so he'll be tough to stop again this year. Rink Mass, Noah, who was a great freshman last year, was uh, – who won – Bowen Bourne won freshman of the year, right? Correct. Last year, so Mass could have definitely uh, challenged that. That's how good he was for Bradley with Ari Bouya, who will get to his status as well. Uh, filling in for him, and Mass was just unbelievable last year, rightfully so on this team. And Noah, and then Braden Norris, which we know gave Illinois fits in the tournament at times, just in general, and he's one of those pesky players, really, really good shooter. No surprise seeing him on this list either. So what are your thoughts of this team overall? Yeah, that's probably about right. Um, we'll get into it here in a little bit. I have a small tidbit, 
tit small adjustment, but uh, yeah, that's probably about right. Uh, the coaches and uh, media members probably got it right. So I, since we're on here and we'll instead of waiting and talking about because we'll take a while talking about the player or the coaches and what they've said, let's go ahead and jump into our picks for that. We'll get into the teams, then we'll get into. Uh, you know, the other awards like six man and so so on and so forth. So if you have that in front of you, which I'm sure you do, who is your – if you had to do your first team, what would it be? Yeah, my first team, uh, I have A.J. Green, Roman Penn, Tyreek Key, Gage Prim, and Lucas Williamson. I slid Mosley down to the second team. And that's definitely because because Donovan coming in, who knows how that will affect as a guard position for Mosley, and he'll get his looks, he'll get all of that. I don't mind that at all. I respect you keeping Tyreek in there. Who knows how his team will be, but that doesn't matter for his sake. He will dominate again. He'll be tough for us to guard as well. I actually have Lucas taking his spot, so I have AJ. Because I think Lucas, especially if they're on the second team, like I said, we'll get to his status here, that he's improving. And since it's his team that, you know, Cameron took a lot of what Lucas couldn't do, you know, and so far in his career of Lucas being strictly defense that – this opens the door for him to score a little more, and I think he could definitely do that at a decently high level. Decent shooter, not a great shooter, but his ability to penetrate and get to the rim is elite. And if they finish that high, he's got to be on the first team for me. A.J. Lucas, Mosley, Penn, and Prim. Uh, so, yeah, we have a couple of differences in that. Other than that, those will be the type of four or five or five or six players that will be in the running for that. What about your second team? Second team, I have, as I said, Mosley slid down the second team. Uh, Shamar Givens, who was second team last year, I slid him up to the second team. Uh, Marcus Damask is where I have him, Shane Quan Hemphill, and Ben Cricky. I don't disagree with that at all. It seems like, because Tank was so good for them, that you would think, because I was kind of surprised when we first, when this first came out, that he wasn't on the first. That's how good he was for them. But obviously, he was only five spots, and I agree with you uh, that he should be on there, along with Cricky. Uh, I have Tyreek falling in this, and Marcus. So how many is that? Am I forgetting anybody? Let's see, Tyreek, Cricky, Tank, Marcus. If I were to say one more, uh, this might come as a surprise. Because Fife's on here, you and I, I think if – because we mentioned Bowen Bourne and the freshman of the year that he had to play well because A.J. wasn't there, and it seemed like that's where he – came about and then I do not think Fife is on here for the whatever team. I will go with uh, – I like your Givens pick. He can score the lights out of the ball, and the team will be revolved around him. Uh, I'm not sure who else I would take, I guess. Also, I will throw break, or I will throw a, a Bowen Bourne in there for the second team. I think if he can have the – we know what. We remember – him coming into college, Noah, that he was getting looked at by Iowa, but he averaged, well, like 30-something points in high school. Incredible player, and he was good last year. So that's a little out-of-the-box pick, a little bold pick. It is. But that's all right with me because, yeah, like I said. Yeah, since you mentioned him, uh seen today that uh, they announced today that a couple weeks ago he actually broke his wrist, and he's supposed to be back before the season starts, but I will say that since you you brought him up. Because I'm glad you mentioned that because when we were going to cover them, that uh, Ben Jacobson said that they had a couple injuries recently, the one that would keep them keep one of them out for a while. So I'm glad you said that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if he's ready for, for conference season, I guess. I guess if I'm trying to be a little different, I mean, I don't know. I could throw Gibbons in there and agree with you as well. It doesn't really matter. 
But I, I'm guessing Hobbon won the season, so we'll see how that plays out. What about your third team? Lance Jones, Jay Sean Henry, Rink Mass, Austin Five, and Antonio Reeves. I like Antonio Reeves. We'll get to him, too, and his status and testing the NBA water and coming back. And obviously we missed out on him years back, and he is a really good talent. He will score a lot, be the main factor for Illinois State. I like yours a lot, uh, and you mentioned Antonio. That's definitely he will not be on a good team. But if that's the case with Tyreek, then I guess it obviously doesn't matter if you put up numbers. So I like that Lance will definitely be on my third team as well. Gibbons, Jay, Sean, Mass, Lance. And actually this I'll, I'll put Fife in here, I guess. Um, for I'll take – I love Mass. I'll take him out and put uh, Fife in here with Norris, Fife, Lance, Jay, Sean, and Gibbons. So – that's where we stand on those, just our predictions for that, just in general of who we think. Mine's a little off the top of my head, but uh, those, Noah, let's get into what are who are some options for sixth man of the year. We know that's a big award and won by some pretty decent players over the years. Yeah, my my sixth man of the year pick was Io and Kenwale. Uh, he may start for them, not sure, but uh, that was being my pick. He's going to slide in that role of Joe Yosefu, who won it last year. Yeah, I like that pick a lot. We don't know. We know he's a good player. We were actually in on him. We made a tweet about him. He was in our thread. And then, of course, he joins Drake, the end rival. Everyone we're in on stays in conference, of course. So, uh, yeah, because when we think about Drake starting five, we don't think, you know, him would make it or Sturts if you count Roman, DJ Wilkins, uh, Murphy, Tank, and Brody that you would think Sturts, who had started for them before, that he would – I can well, I can score and Sturts can do it all. I'll go with Sturts, especially if Drake can end up being that great of a team this year that they'll have all the great stuff going from. I'll, I'll take Garrett Sturts with six man. What about uh, newcomer of the year? Yeah, this is a there's some interesting um, interesting choices here, but I went with uh, Malevi Leons. He's the at Bradley JUCO player of the year. Oh, that's what I went with. And we talked before how some of the other JUCO players of the year, Jay Scrub locally out of Johnny, went to Louisville. Now he's in the NBA. So it's crazy how JUCO player of the year that goes places like that goes to Bradley, of course, of all places. So that'll be interesting. I don't agree with you. I will go with that as well. He will be that kind of impact player. What since, about, since we're on newcomer, exactly, I, I newcomer made team. Yeah, I made my newcomer team. Go, ahead, go for it. Io and Conwale of Drake, Ben Coupette of SIU, Malevi Leons, Chris Knight of Loyola, and Thomas Kithier of Valpo. Definitely uh, like all those, especially Cash. We know the impact we're hoping he can have for us this year. I like that a lot. And then what about uh, – what's one we're missing also? Freshman of the year. Freshman of the year. Uh, freshman of the year, a uh, lot of interesting freshmen coming to the Valley, but this one, if he has any impact, uh, Tucker DeVries of Drake, a four-star player. So uh, that was my pick. I agree with you because there's really no one else that sticks out. We won't know that till the season starts, obviously. Uh, I will agree with you because even though you're the coach's son, who knows if you come in here and how you can be impacted. We know they're pretty deep. And he's talented. He could definitely be on that second group. So it would be interesting. We know we've mentioned Foster Wonders before. He's he's a dark horse for that if we were to make a – what about – did you make an all-freshman team? By yes, chance? I did. Okay, let's hear it. I have uh, Maxi Cano of Bradley, Troy Boynton of Evansville, Tucker DeVries of Drake, Foster Wonders of SIU, and Keandre Young of Valpo. There you go. So a lot of players that can make impacts in their first year. We hope Foster that's the case with him. So good thing that you made a team like that. I will I won't disagree with you on that at all. So there's our picks for that. What about and we we'll get to the biggest award of all at the end. What about coach of the year? 
Uh, we have defense player of the year, too. But coach oh, yeah. of the year, I went Darren DeVries of Drake. Wins back-to-back coach of the years. Can't disagree with that. All right, what about defensive player of the year? Lucas Williamson's going to win it again. That being said, it's, it's not close. He's the best defensive player in this conference, and I think there's not a chance he doesn't win it again. Especially if he feels like he's in better shape. Uh, and all that stuff, being the guy, he'll have to take on a bigger load offensively, maybe. We know the stat impact of some of their other players. He'll score more. He's going to score more, obviously. Uh, I don't think that will hinder him on the defensive end either, so I will agree with you on that. Uh, my coach of the year, I guess, I, I think, honestly, if they're as high as they are, and because it's his first year, I'll go with Drew, because if you flip-flop those one, two, obviously we're hoping SIU shocks the world, I guess, in a sense, and gets up there, but... Uh, Drew Valentine, if they finish up there near the top, him being at first year and doing things his way, I like Drew winning that um, just to be indifferent because I like your uh, DeVries pick. So there's our picks for that. But let's end it with player of the year. No, we know A.J. Green was preseason player of the year, rightfully so. He's won it before. He's got the talent, too. Well, you saw something in the Athletic posted today of the best guards in college basketball, and he made it, right? Yeah, he was number seven which is pretty incredible knowing how deep the guard position is in the whole uh, uh, country. So seeing him, who you got for yours? I went Gage Prim. Gage Prim. And honestly, I'm sitting here and tell you right now that I agree with you. If they finish top four, we talked about how Cam was the only one to stop him. There's no one else going to get in his way. J.D. We talked about how the impact, when he's, when they're facing us, yes, we hope we can throw the best bodies at impossible. Uh Gage Prims, definitely. With, and I mentioned – he's my pick as well. I mentioned Lucas Williamson before that no players ever won defensive player of the year and player of the year. That I think Lucas has potential to do that this year. We'll keep an eye out for that. So that will be a dark horse pick of mine. But my legit pick, I will go Gage Prim as well. I'm surprised. And he wasn't – no, I feel like obviously Cameron seemed like he ran away with unanimous votes last year. But Gage Prim, uh, I, I think he was on the – First team last year at the end of the year, right? Yes. Had to have. 2020 seasons. Surprised that he wasn't on the final ballot, though, for player of the year, right? He wasn't. Yeah. Something like that. So, he was not. Which is definitely a surprise. So, yeah, we have big things for Prem this year, so we'll see how that plays out. Hopefully against him, we can stop him for the most part. So there's our picks on that. Now, what, now this big old Zoom conference uh, came out, and uh, definitely a lot of things. It was Mike Kern was the MC of it, of everybody, and first of all, all the people there, though, had the chance to talk to Jeff Jackson, the new commissioner of the Missouri Valley, and we like Jeff. We think he's really smart. He knows what he's talking about, and he had a long preview with them, but there's some stuff that stuck out to us. He was asked about the pandemic and uh, just in general on how to you know go about it this year, and he preached keeping players safe, first and foremost, and reiterated the forfeits, Noah, that we've talked about, how a lot of conferences are doing, and someone was asked about that, if that's for sure what they're doing. He said that is, that if you forfeit because of, obviously, COVID-related reasons, that you will forfeit. There will be no rescheduling going on. Forfeit immediately if team cannot play. They will not reschedule the games. Uh, he asked about vaccinations as a whole. He said the whole conference is in good shape with that. And there was something that was also asked when they were waiting for different coaches in between. One of the guys asked uh, Mike Kern about what they're going to do if a team is fully vaccinated and they have just a minor-ish issue and how the league would allocate different scenarios of teams that are fully vaccinated and have issues. So he said that they'll definitely look into that and they will 
you know, give teams some leeway. Maybe in that sense, they'll play that by year. Uh, Noah, some other things stuck out. There are 39 starters returning this year in the Valley. They covered that as well. So some definitely things that stuck out. Uh, Noah, we'll go through. They had different, like Matt Lodick. He's the first one they had on here. But we'll go by what the rankings are for the preseason poll. Drake is the first up. DeVries was on there. He said, and a lot of coaches said how good practice has been going, but uh, he, he was asked about being uh, uh, recognized as number one because he said, well, you must have had a good last season. He said, cool, formula has to remain the same. And he preached how good the league has been in a long time this season coming up. He said his whole team is vaccinated. He was asked about Yosefu. We mentioned him going to Kansas. He said he wished them well, that he wasn't. they weren't going to do anything. You know, if he wanted to go do that, they weren't going to. Obviously, he could go do his own thing. So we wished him well with that. Uh, and he, he was confident having guys to fill his role, like we said. He was asked about how Roman and Tranquan have been coming. He said both are about 100%. They've been taking cautious reps in the offseason here or there. Uh, they will definitely be ready to go. Uh, and then the, everyone's asked about NLI and the status of that. Uh, DJ Wilkins, he said, was the biggest one of all. He sells his own jerseys. For that, along with other opportunities, other players are doing, and they and they, I think it was Todd that mentioned something with that because he said, yeah, Drake is the one of the few schools to actually sell school jerseys privately. They said their AD was all for using the logo for stuff like that. So hopefully more schools can do that because we've known that's been a thing with NLI since it came out. But Drake is one doing that, so that's interesting. And then I think Todd again asked about. Uh, Roman's impact this year and why he's a first-team player, and he pre- and Darren preached Roman's command and leadership of the team on both ends of the floor, and this obviously is him, but we know his impact. Uh, he was asked about something that's interesting, Noah, about a scenario also from Todd, that if there was a scenario of COVID to reschedule a game with Northern Iowa since they're so close together and how that would play out, he said he'd be, he'd be welcome to that. Hopefully it doesn't come to that, but that is something interesting with teams that close with conference games of what could happen, that they could give them that leeway, as I mentioned before. And then Noah, there was a, a game he mentioned that was St. Louis that they're having in Las Vegas, which is an interesting matchup for sure. Uh, he said that the way that came about was them both needing quality games in the quad one and two range for non-con, so that's how that came about. So what are your thoughts on Drake, obviously, and their status? I think the biggest thing of all is that they're 100% vaccinated and the status of Roman and Tank. Yeah, obviously – Beyond injuries, there's the they're the favorite this year, so they got some great players. Uh, they used Io to replace or to fill that role of Joe Yusefu, and they have guys like Garrett Sturts that take. Uh, we know we had a uh, they had uh, one player go down with a torn ACL, uh, Isa Samake this summer, so they continue to have bad injury luck. But uh, yeah, this team's really good. Uh, glad they're getting um, quality games in their non-con uh, to help their resume. And we talked how we think the average age of Drake, this is, I don't think we've seen it, it's just a assumption because they're so veteran-oriented that it seems like they have an average age of at least 22 years old on their team or more than that. So uh, after this season is over, it'll be interesting how they look. We know they have a couple guys from the team still with uh, eligibility. So they're crazy. They're going all in this year, and rightfully so. So Noah, Lo- Noah Loyola is next on here to talk about, and Drew Valentine, we've talked how – in this whole thing, he's super sharp. He knows what he's doing. We should be fearful of what he's got going for the time that he's there, especially this season. He said they have – he preached uh, – because they're always asked about what the status of the team and how they're practicing, like I said. And they have a good blend of experience and newcomers with overall, he said, quote, outstanding leadership. 
he, they said they call, he was asked about Lucas here, that he's pretty much the mayor of Chicago. They talk about that, how popular he is there, uh, and rightfully so. And he said his status of one, because he also tested feedback from the, from the pros and was told he needed to improve, obviously. Um, you know, when he came back and obviously he stuck with it and knew he was going to be the guy. Uh, Drew said that uh, Lucas has had one of the best summers since he's been there. And here, here it is. He's lean and quicker. So we know Lucas was a big body, great defender, as we know. He shut an eye Sumu in the tournament. Uh, and they're friends, as we mentioned before. So they both came from the same tree over in, in the Chicago area. No, but Lucas is lean and quicker. That's the scary side to it. Yeah, especially defensive, defensively. Oh. That's uh, scary to think about. But, yeah, uh, he got the feedback he wanted, and he's improved on the game, I'm sure. Just can't wait to see how it's going to be. Like I said, pre- player of the year and even player of the year, it's a possibility. We'll see. Um, Drew talked about preached. He preached the team without Cameron. Uh, you know, obviously it's tough, and, you know, he's a great player and is going to be great for whatever. Didn't he sign overseas, Cameron, or something yes. like that? So he will be – because he didn't get a shot over here in the G League or Summer League or anything, uh, which is interesting. He can't shoot a lick. Hopefully he improves that. But he obviously, we know he's great. So good luck to him, he said. And uh, he says they have good guard play this year in depth. And his style of play in terms of uh, will be different in terms of obviously what Porter did. Nothing really similar. Um, they asked about NLI as well. Lucas has gotten a lot of uh, opportunities with stuff, uh, which isn't a surprise. No one here's a big one because we know – this player was really well, but he ple- he was he's pleased with the development of their bigs. He was asked Jacob Hudson's conditioning is better, and he's being and he's more lean as well. And then Tom Welch has been a great leader. He said and knows the system was shooting well, and it's being a really good pick and pop guy. So no, those two will be a problem as they have been the last couple of years. It's definitely last year at times, especially Hudson that came in and was a great backup for Cameron, and he's going to be an impact player this year. Yeah, he's improved his uh, condition and stuff. And a uh, guy who was supposed to walk or redshirt last year came in and yeah. killed us. So, uh, yeah, uh, I believe Drew talked to them and said, the, both those guys said, you don't have to be what Cam was to this team. Just be your own guy. And that's what they're going to do. And uh, they got a solid team. Uh, uh, Marquise Kennedy also, he's a six-man probably. So, watch out for him. Exactly. We know him and uh... – Oh, boy, I can't think of the other guard's name. Keith Clemens. Keith Clemens. Those two are interchangeable, it seems like, in their rotation and lineup. Really good players. They were also good in the Illinois game. So, coming out for all these guys, especially those two bigs, yeah, knowing that in the post-cam era now, who's got to step up? We're thinking about those guys. Candy and the pick and pop with Tom Welch is interesting. That'll be tough to guard. And he preached Noah Chris Knight, you mentioned here, a new guy. Uh, definitely, he said he reminds them of – we remember Andre Jackson on those uh, – he, on those Final Four teams, that was an impact big off their bench. He reminds him of him, uh, which is interesting. What else? What else you got, on Chris and I, a new guy coming in? Yeah, he is a he is one to watch out for coming from the Ivy League. Uh, like he said, Jackson is probably what he's going to be. So he's going to be a solid player for them. Not sure if we start, and they have another transfer in uh, Schweiger. Is the Another he can he's another pick and pop big man so uh, they got some depth there uh, along with they got Ugok back as I mentioned earlier so uh, they're gonna be a problem in this league definitely a problem you mentioned Schweiger I mean, that's how 
uh, Drew pronounced it. We thought it was Schweiger this whole time. We know they got we got they got both Schweigers, right? So, yeah, they got his younger brother who we ran on. There you go. And he mentioned Ryan. He's been really consistent in every facet. He says, and then Noah St. Thomas. We know coming in as well, dealing with a little bit of an injury, but other than he'll be fine. He's, and Drew said, "quote St. Thomas will have a bright future here." So he's one we got to keep an eye on as well. What do you got on St. Thomas at all? It's yeah, cool name. he is uh, got a very high ceiling. Uh, he can uh he is an amazing player. He's got point guard skills with his length and athleticism is scary. So uh he's gonna if he can somehow crack the rotation this year, it's gonna be scary for the next three more years after this. Yes, and then the biggest thing of all he said they have no big big injuries at the moment, which that's the biggest thing to take away from a lot of these schools is their injury status. Uh, now, Noah, you and I at three, we mentioned how before you said Bowen Bourne's dealing with something, and that's who I guess one of, because he was asked right away, Ben was, about what's the injuries looking like. He said, well, we'll be fine up until recently. He said, so yeah, some, riot, some recent minor injuries, and you mentioned Bowen. I guess he's the one that's out, yeah, four to five weeks-ish and be ready for the for whatever, I guess, Valley games or throughout their non-con. He'll be ready to go whatever point. He says uh, they have scrimmages this Saturday and then next Saturday – he says, so it's been tough trying to work that out with these recent injuries and how to go about that. He said the majority of their team is vaccinated. He said a handful of their guys are not, but he said they've had good conversations among the coaching staff and stuff about their decisions on that, obviously, and what to do with that. Then he was asked, of course, about the preseason player of the year, A.J. Green. He said he's doing great. He said both surgeries went great. He's 100% healthy. He said his body feels as good as ever. And then, Noah, we know Antoine Kimmins is back as well, didn't play. He's getting as much scrimmage time as they can with missing last season. But, Noah, he said uh, A.J. Brown is like every 10 days, A.J.'s taking a step forward in terms of his development. But 100% healthy and body feels as good as ever. It seems like the case when people come off injury, that's what they say, or that's really the case, and that's also a scary side of it. Yeah, that's why he's the preseason player of the year. Bottom line. So we mentioned Antoine Kimmins. And then uh, he said, and then Ben said about AJ's looking more and more like himself. So we know uh, Trey Burhow, Noah, he's been a problem for us. Great shooter. He emerged a couple years ago against us in the tournament, shot the lights out. And that in that season where they honestly defied odds and got as far as they did when they were like the five seed and beating us in that tournament, he emerged then. So he's back again, of course. And then uh, Pickford, Noah, he's back as well. And he mentioned Burhow and Pickford because – uh, they'll go back to their normal roles with AJ being here and Kimmins being a part of it. And even the other guys, obviously, that they kind of played out of their role this past year. That's why the team struggled itself. But those guys are back to their own role. And then he preached, obviously, just having more depth and experience in last season. So, yeah, they will be – they're rightfully at number three, we think, at the overview of them. So, hopefully, Bowen Bourne isn't too hurt by the time they get going. So, Because I'm, I'm sure what – I'm wondering what kind of non-con schedule they have or tournament they have. And we've talked about it before, haven't we? Yeah, they play a really good, uh, really good non-conference as like as they always do. They got some quality games. So uh, if if this team is healthy and can get a good uh, resume in the non-con, uh, and everything works out, we maybe be pushing maybe for a three-bid valley this year. Hopefully, yes. And either one of these top six teams obviously could go on a run in the tournament or just have the. You know, yeah, the resume throughout to get it. So you're right on that. Yeah, so we'll be, we'll be keeping an eye on for all these guys in their tournaments and to kick off the year. Missouri State, no, at four. 
Uh, Dana Ford was the last one to meet with the media, but he says the team has practiced roughly around 15 times so far together fully. He said they've been able to cover because they have, they really don't have any young guys on this team. He says, so they've been able to not carry over that. It's just carry over with the veterans. So they all pretty much know what to expect and do outside of obviously like Donovan Clay adding. He said they're all 100% healthy. Uh, he said everybody but one guy is fully vaccinated on the team, and that guy seems close to getting it. He said uh, not a huge fa- – he said he was asked about the early conference game on December 1st. He said he's not a huge fan of it. He said it affects scheduling a little bit and a routine. He said he gets, guy, he gets guys out of routine, but he said obviously it's whatever. Who does, who does Missouri State play on December 1st, if you recall? I do not know off the – so we'll get that here shortly. I just uh, him saying that it's interesting, but I think it's good to have that game to get a, a, a quick taste of that before you continue your non-con. So that's how he feels about it. Um, but he said uh, Isaiah Mosley will need to. He was asked about him and being the leading scorer, how much he'll need to sustain and be hungry to improve in all facets this year. We'll be looking forward to that. Obviously, it'll, it'll be tough to stop. So. His status on that, he foresees he was asked about Jamonte Black and his role, and he foresees him to be a bigger playmaker in the offense, leading and making shots. Of course, he's a tough guy to defend, as we've seen the last couple of years anyway. He says his team is deeper, but he won't say now how many te- how many people will play. He'll play about seven to eight in the non-con and then close to nine, maybe around conference season. Uh, Lukai Patterson, he said from last year, lost about 30 pounds. Uh, he loves having Donovan Clay here. Or what do you what do you know about Lukai Patterson? Yeah, he's, he was a freshman, I believe, last year that played a little bit against us. Uh, bigger body guard, uh, if he's lost 30 pounds, that's really good for him. And they really have a crowded backcourt with uh, IUP, IUPUI transfer Jalen Manette, DeMarcus Sharps returning. And you have you add in Donovan Clay. Uh, be interesting to see what kind of minutes Donovan Clay plays right away because a guy who killed us is Keaton Hervey last year, killed us on the wing, so – they have a they have a loaded team as well. So this by these top four, just talking about these top four, this is going to be the one of the best Valley seasons ever. Yeah, and the fact that how deep they are at that guard and four position, yeah, will be tough to stop. We know we're we're deep in that regard as well. If we play a lot of people, we think we should. We'll be able to match up with them well. I think um, he he loves Donovan's. Uh, he has a great approach. He said he has got good connections. Obviously throughout. With you know, with uh, I guess with Isaiah and people on Missouri State to, to get him to this point and get him here, good connections uh, that the players helped recruit him and made an easier transition for him. He preached his versatility and play the way the team plays. He's one of the chains and he's all in on playing the way the team wants to play. So they'll be a scary team as we know. So we're at five. We will cover them last because obviously that's the that's what we want to cover most of all. Noah Bradley at six. Uh, Brian Wardle didn't have a didn't have a long interview, not a lot of questions. He was, at, but he said his his team is fun to coach. They have very good chemistry right now. He said uh, Tara Vinen's progressing and rehabbing well, and overall some little bang because we know he has been hurt and will be. So whenever they get him back, it'll be a problem. Uh, but they have some little bang ups of players. He said the team was 100% vaccinated, and he said it was a smooth process doing that as well. Uh, and then. He was asked because he didn't really have to talk a lot. Someone asked him, though, about preaching how or asked him how different a speech would be to a team who's, uh, 
you know, who's bottom of the valley, top of the valley, doesn't matter. He said it was the answer, of course, it doesn't matter. Uh, he, that it don't matter. And he said that the speech remains the same no matter what. Ari Buya, the aforementioned, we mentioned him earlier about his status. He said he was very active in every facet with his leadership, etc. And he's had good practices. They're being cautioned with him, though, and he's only practicing about three to four times a week. So, no, we know he's killed us at times in the past couple of years, not having him last year hurt them. Yes, especially with, yeah, with the stuff they had off the court that he wasn't able to take over with not having Elijah Childs and stuff. So they will be set at big this year, and Buya is definitely going to be a problem again. Yeah, seen a picture. I've seen a couple pictures of him and what he's really developed his body is really, really scary to see. Uh, he's a much developed player now with him. So going along with Rink Mass, that's a good good tandem at the big. Then you got Malevi Leon's Darius Hannah at the four with Jay Sean Henry. Then once they get Terravine in back, then they got at the guard position. They lost a lot of guys, but they have UC San Diego transfer Mikey Howe and. Uh, Guy we were in on and Juco, one of the top Juco guys is Terry Roberts. So they, um, we know Jason Kick, Jason Kent on the wing too, and they got a couple of freshmen coming in that could play a little bit. So uh, this team, uh, we know what Brian Wardle's capable of, and uh, he's got another these top six teams. We haven't even talked about us yet, but like I said, it's going to be one of the best years in the valley. And what Brian Wardle is capable of, he's got some promising young players. They are scary, man. Just because. When you go over the team there and thinking of Darius Hanna, how long and good he is, and yeah, Terry Roberts, and you think about Jay Sean again, and when they get Terrible, I mean, they are they are big and they are tough. They will be so like we mentioned how we're, we'll be rooting for them in the tournament with us, hopefully to play them. Uh, I don't know who they play in their first game. Colorado State. So there you go, and Colorado State. Um, has been picked to be decent this year, and they were had a good uh, finish to their last season. They were in the NIT, so so good matchups for both of us. And the Colorados to kick off the year, Bradley will be really, really good this year. So definitely a dark horse, as we mentioned. Uh, Valpo at seven, like we said, Lodic was the first one to be on there. He preached the presence of the new veterans they have. They only have four returnees overall. He said competition and practice has been great. Uh, he had, they have some wide-eyed freshmen, he said, or some overwhelmed freshmen to start, but it's been well. Uh, he preached uh, maturity by all their players. Talked about Thomas Kitt the year, yes, his presence, that coming from Michigan State and coming here, and he was on your newcomer team, so he'll be definitely. And he preached that how the impact of him has been on some of these younger guys has been crazy good. Uh, he'll be an impact player. Kobe King, though, as we know, Bounced around the Big Ten, and now is at Valpo. He can miss. He's set up to roughly about 10 games, but he's been in every practice, and he's uh, – so that'll be an impact player. They're picked seventh, and they could they could definitely win some games. We know our record up there at Valpo is not very good. So whenever we go, that'll be interesting. They're always a tough play versus us, definitely. The, the games last year at our place were crazy. Um, so that'll be a team to watch, and Kobe King, Noah will be – once he gets going, he'll be a problem too. Yeah, uh, he, like you said, he'll miss some games. But, uh, yeah, he is a problem, what we saw what out of him out of Wisconsin when he played for Wisconsin. Um, so he'll be good. They also get uh, Trevor Anderson from Wisconsin who started his career at uh, Green Bay, I believe. So they made the bus ride down together. Uh, Trevor Anderson will be one of the league's best spot-up shooters. And uh, they get also uh, – 
Aaron Gordon back with Sheldon Edwards, who was really good last oh, year yeah. for them. Uh, so, and a couple good freshmen, and they get like Kavion Taylor, a Winona State sharpshooter, averaged like 24 a game for Winona State last year. Plus, I said Keandre Young's a good freshman, and Trey Woodward's another good freshman, along with Cricky playing the four with Kithier, and they also have um, um, Joe Hedstrom, another center from uh, Wisconsin. So, uh, the Beacons. Uh, might be a little underrated. Got some transfers, but uh, we'll see how they fit together. They could be like, uh, if possible, if the, everything goes right, they may be like Dana Ford's first year at Missouri State. Throw a team together and see what see what happens, like Brian Mullins did. Throw a team together and see what happens. That's a good point. And bringing all the guys they have, and you mentioned like Edwards, yes, great freshman last year, was really good, killed us. And, yes, Gordon back, he's a good shooter and everything. We know his brother – they are they are sneaky this year. When they get King, they will be a problem. So yeah, the veterans coming from the Big Ten will definitely be an impact. And Creaky, obviously, a great player. So they are there. They might be a little underrated. I agree with you. So we'll see how that ends up with them. We know Lodic, obviously, with Freeman Liberty and those boys years ago, doing the uh, no one thought they could get to the Valley Championship a couple years ago. So they are they are fun. He's a really good coach. So we'll see how what happens with them. Noah Evansville, number eight. Uh, uh, Todd uh, Licklider didn't have a lot of people in his interview as well, but he says his team has taken strides. He said last year they kind of built a foundation of what they wanted to be. Uh, he's proud how their players navigated through COVID, though, through that season. He preached experience with their four starters returning. We mentioned uh, Evan Coleman and Noah Frederick back for sure. Uh, and he says how challenging our, the league is, and he says um, – you know, obviously, I mean, they're pick eighth, and they, they do have some talent. They could definitely win. We're going there December 1st, that we've talked about. A fun place to go watch uh, games at and a fun place to play, I'm sure, for the players. They will be tough. He says uh, their team is still figuring out NIL. A lot of these teams are. He said they're not really dealing with that. He's thankful their team is healthy, so able to teach and grow players. He said they, they've had some stability in the weight room. And, yes, Evan and Noah coming back has been great and have helped preach the vision of the program, he said. So, Noah, we – Frederick came from Oak – or uh, – Oakville, yeah. Oakville. I was going to say – Oakville. Oakville, yeah. yeah. So, then, obviously, that's not too far away from us. We know he has had a really good career there on Coleman. Ken is a nice pick-and-pop five. You know, he's tough to guard as well. So, they will be sneaky as well, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. Uh... That constant Princeton offense of ball screen, ball screen, ball screen. It's not really fun to watch, but Todd Licklider does a good job. Uh, they were the third third slowest tempo in the country, but produced the league's third most efficient offense last year. But, yeah, with Evan Coolman, Juwan Newton, Noah Frederick, and Givens back, and they add in, like, freshmen I talked about earlier, Troy Boyton and a couple others, like Blake Sisley will come in, and a couple other uh, – another Juco transfer as well. So, uh but their their defense was a major issue last year. They're going to have to improve on that. But, uh, I mean, this is a very sneaky team as well, like you said. But uh, their defense is a recipe for disaster in the league. But I'll, I'll say it right now. Uh, this is a sneaky team. They'll, if, they're, if, you, uh, if you sleep on them one night, they'll knock you off because they're picked here because the it just tells you how deep the Valley is. It's not because they're this bad of a team like Illinois State picked last, but this is a decent this is a decent ball club, and it'll be interesting to watch December 1st. Yeah, we know Licklider's. Obviously, he coached Butler back in the day when we beat them. So he's been a quality coach, and we know since he's got there, since they have the whole scandal with what's-his-name leaving, 
which that was crazy because after they beat Kentucky, you thought, oh, no, or whatever, and then he was gone. Licklider fills in, has done a really good job, actually. So, yeah, we'll be looking forward to watching them and at that game at the Ford Center in Evansville, December 1st. Uh, and then, Noah, number nine, Indiana State. We mentioned how with the new regime that they weren't going to be picked too high in general, but we know they've had some talent. Josh Schertz had a little bit of technical difficulty on his, but when he was able to talk, he said their team is still a work in progress, new faces and old faces. Good leadership, he said, with Tyree King, Cooper Nice. I remember seeing as soon as Lansing got fired, all the amounts of players know it was like literally the next hour, the next couple of 30 minutes that there would be a new player, uh, you know, posting stuff on Twitter that they were leaving. And we, we remember Cooper Nice's post. And what about old boy they lost? Where did he go? Williams. He went Williams somewhere. went to Duquesne and uh, uh, the other, uh, gosh, dang it. Yeah, Duquesne. We were going to play them last year. It's interesting. They are, they're a quality program. And, uh, he was good. He led, the, he led the Valley in blocks, I believe. Yeah, he made all defensive team. And uh, the other one, the big one, went to Wake Forest. I don't know why his name oh, slipped uh, in my mind. but uh, Jake LaRavia. Yeah, Jake LaRavia went to Wake That's Forest. That's a big so. loss, too. I, yeah, we'll be keeping an eye out for him this year. See what he does in the ACC. Interesting. We know Wake Forest football is doing well, and their basketball has produced good players. That is, going to ACC is a big deal. We know he's a good player. We're glad he's gone. Because uh, if they had him, who knows what they could be in general. But, yeah, Tyreek King Cooper Nice, freshman Kamari Patterson, got a significant ankle injury, he said recently. A freak accident landed on someone's foot, he said. He'll be out about four to six weeks. Um he said overall, or the team, he was doing well, coachable, and we back mid-November, he said. Uh, junior Calix Stevens tore his Achilles at the end of last October and was cleared in June of this of this year. He's been able to practice every day. He'll be one to watch. He said Tyreek Cooper and Julian Larry have bulked up with new with the new training regime they got going there, and he preached Tyreek's leadership on and off the court that he sets a great tone. So what else do we got to expect from Indiana State yeah, uh, Josh Schertz had a great success at Lincoln Memorial on the D2, but uh, um, he believes in the pace and space, which is not frequently uh, what the Valley likes. Valley likes to play half-court offense, but yeah, he uh, believed the the Valley was the where the fastest team played a, at a shade under 68 possessions last year was the fastest team in the Valley, but uh he likes to – he gets up and down the floor. I believe his at Lincoln Memorial, they were at over high 80s in possessions last year. So uh, they're going to bring – with the guys they have back, then they have, uh, like you said, uh, Quamar Patterson will be out, but they have Micah Thomas there also. Then they have uh, Oregon State big man Darian Tucker will fill in with Calix Stevens, and they brought in also from – they brought a couple guys from uh, Lincoln Memorial, Simon Wilbar, and um, – who am I forgetting here? Cam Henry, also another versatile 6'6 wing. So they got a couple guys from the LMU he brought also. Yeah. And so that's interesting to see. I'm interested to see what then. It might be a little bit of a roller coaster season, but the pace and, pace and space and play is nothing to watch out for because they, if they get hot, they can knock you off. But uh, yeah, this is a, probably a roller coaster of the season, but coming. Arch Madness is not a team you probably want to face if they get hot. Exactly. I agree with that. And we know Tyreek, Key's ability to score, and they have a lot of – it's interesting for him bringing players from his, from his school here, and it'll be it'll be interesting to see his play style and what he could do because, like we said, he landed Robbie Avila, so he's doing some things right so far. We'll see if that translates to the court this year. 
and moving forward. So now Noah Illinois State, as we know, is number 10 for a reason. They will not be too good as we imagine. Uh, uh, Dan Mueller was uh, late to his press conference, uh, which I, in a way we're not too surprised. What's their – or there's a Can Dan account on – Twitter. A lot of people want him gone, even though it's tough to say it's a make or break season because they're not um, going to be good. So he's, he's on the fringe. His contract runs through 2024. I hate to disappoint him. Everybody wants him gone, and there's also a count, Noah, that right preaches how many how long it's been since they've been How many they've been days the since they've danced, yes. About a thousand-something days since, since he was a player. And I laugh at it. Probably since he was a player. Uh, and we talked about before the, the great years they had a couple of years ago with Paris Lee and Phil Fain and Malik Yarbrough. How good they were that they never – they got to NIT, but they never got to the big dance. That was their best chance, and he's been awful ever since then. Let's dive into him. He said they've been dealing with a couple minor injuries, you know, from August till now. Probably it's been pretty pretty safe overall, but guys are in practices consistently. He said no freshman this year, and he preached that's an easy progress. Uh, he said about – you know, he was asked about what do you tell your team about about being 10th, and the preseason he said it doesn't mention to him. He said he doesn't think he'd mention it to him of all. He said that though the team will see it, and I like themselves, the players. So I guess they'll take from what they wish. He doesn't care. And then he was asked about redshirting a couple of guys, and a couple of other guys were asked about that. But he said there's two walk-ons that he could potentially redshirt, but he he says he probably won't have any redshirts. Uh, and he asked was asked about Mark Freeman and Kendall Lewis and their experience and what they are as defenders, No, and he preached that they are good natural defensive mentalities and their experience. What do you know about those two? Yeah, Mark Freeman's a transfer from Tennessee State. They also they pretty much – Tennessee State and Illinois State traded uh, – Illinois State sent Diedrich Board down to Tennessee State, and they got Mark Freeman back almost. But, uh, yeah, he's uh, – both and then uh, you said uh, Kendall Lewis, who we were in on under Barry, went down to App State instead. But uh, yeah, both athletic wings that could uh, to be positive. This uh, the backcourt in their wings and hopefully keep them afloat most nights in the valley. But uh, we'll see what happens. As they know, they have Josiah Strong, Antonio Reeves, and Howard Fleming back. So Antonio Reeves probably going to average at least close to twenty a game in this league. So, uh, yeah, hopefully their wings and backcourt, like I said, can uh, keep them afloat in the Valley, or it's going to be rough for their fans to be positive. But they have uh, Abdu Indai back and Ryan Schmidt as a uh, Juco transfer as big man. Yeah, you mentioned Schmidt. He talked about Liam McChesney, or McChesney too, but he talked about uh, – or you mentioned uh, – I forgot what I was going to say now, actually. But, yeah, Antonio Reeves, the fact that we were in on him, there was something else I was going to say here. Oh, well. Uh, what do you know about Liam McChesney along with Ryan Schmidt? Yeah, he's a stretch four, so he'll help them out a little bit, along with uh, side Chapman, I believe. And uh, they got a couple of young guys that he mentioned uh, he likes to redshirt freshman or redshirt walk on, so that's pretty smart of them that maybe they can turn into something. As Always we, a chance of that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they, they're they going to be at the bottom because they're, they're bad, but – also because the Valley is also really deep, but majority of, of his coaching. Yeah, and we know, like we said, I mean, we've, we've seen him at, you know, John A games before looking at players, and he's hard on the recruiting trail, and he does an okay job for the most part. We know they're going to be athletic. They always are, uh, and they're always a tough place to play up there in normal with a good atmosphere, depending upon how they treat, how the atmosphere will be with the bad team. So, yeah, you mentioned Howard Fleming. 
that he's coming off hernia surgery in April, and then he's got his own clothing line. He said, an entrepreneur. He's an entrepreneur in that sense. He said, but he mentioned Antonio Reeves. Yes, he will have a big season. He thinks has gotten even better with a great offseason. He's challenging him to be a leader, more of a leader, and obviously be consistent. So yeah, uh, you mentioned him. He's on your third team. A very high chance of that. If you're having a chance to get feedback from the NBA in general. You're going to be pretty good. He will be a problem. All these teams have at least one problem on their team overall a lot, though. He, he mentioned that he was asked about his big man play, and he said it was a question mark about two or three weeks ago, but he's now happy of the progress of that. So we'll be taking advantage at big this year for them because you went over all their guys about guard, forward, centric. So it'll be interesting to see. So 8,626 days. 8,000. 23 years, 7 months, and 11 days. So as an SIU fan, we think it's long for us, but just exp- think of that. I mean, that's unreal. Yeah, we think it's been that long since ours 15 years ago. So uh, 23 years. I mean, I don't know how old Dan is. I, I had to have been when he was a player. That was 1998. He was a player. So, uh, yeah. So we'll see how it goes for them this year. We Like we said, tough place to play. We'll see. Uh, so now Noah Us. This is the biggest thing of all. Uh, we were itching. Brian was about probably the third or fourth one on there, and he was asked a couple of questions. His opening statement, though, said, of course, like everyone said, practices are going great. He said, I was excited. He is. He said, the year is, the year is coming fast. It's crazy. We have an earlier-than-usual exhibition coming up this Tuesday, which that's true. Usually nothing ever happens in October. Uh, he said, guys are getting really excited. Obviously, the summer and fall practices have been so much different than last year. It's been great to get a lot of accomplished to have the guys every single day. Our guys are so excited to have the community back at our games. They're such a big part of our program. There's a lot of momentum. And here, Noah, he, may, he says, our football team is doing really well. It's a great time to be a Saluki. And he's not wrong. Yeah, it's great. It's a great time to be a Saluki because uh, baseball team last year had the most wins ever in program history. And now you can see what the football team's doing. Um, swimming teams, I've seen – I know they yeah, have they their – yeah, they won a lot. I know they've had their accusations and issues, but uh, they've been setting records, and their track and field is always good. Our softball is really good. So uh, Softball got rings recently for the conference. So it's a great time to be a Saluki. He's not wrong. And I'm glad that he mentioned football because that even puts us more on the map of people in the media there to even, you know, just mention that in general of how we're doing so we get the program involved. So – that's great. He said, health-wise, our guys are doing well. Here's a one, Noah. Everyone is back on the court. Trent Brown is dealing with a little back issue right now, which is noteworthy. But he said, hopefully, he'll be back for the start of the season. So whether we see him tomorrow or not, um, I honestly since you, I wouldn't put him out since there. Since you brought that up 21 minutes ago, I just retweeted it. Todd Hefferman brought up that Coach Brian Mullen says, Trent Brown and Ben Coupette probably won't play tomorrow night. Brown is battling his back injury, and Coupette tweaked his hamstring. So they uh, – we will mention it later. They have a scrimmage Saturday against IPFW, so they will probably we probably won't see Trent Brown or Cash tomorrow night, which is unfortunate because we really were looking forward to seeing how Cash would be. Uh, yeah, knowing this about Trent, I'm glad you said we that. We can see our freshman more though. Exactly, and uh, you know, I, and Cash is so important this year. You don't test anything in such an exhibition game. So I'm glad. Especially the hamstring. Exactly. Soft tissue is no joke, without a doubt. And I'm glad. So I'm glad he's not playing Trent as well. Those are two pivotal pieces. Yes, yeah, so we'll see more freshmen, hopefully. I'm glad you said that because when we're on doing our thing, we don't really refresh sometimes, I guess. And that was – I'm glad you brought that up while we're on here. So, yeah, don't expect Cash or, or Trent tomorrow, rightfully so. He said everyone else has been healthy and been practicing up until, I guess, Cash practices have been competitive. 
which is what we expect. This should be our deepest team that we've had in these three years. That will allow our guys to play as hard as they can for stretches because we will have more people and more depth to come in without a drop-off. No, that's what we've been preaching for months and months about the depth of this team, and it's good to see Brian officially talk about it and say that it really will be a strength this year. Noah, his first question, I think, was from Kelly Burke about J.D. Mula. Not Mula, Mula. We know how far he's been coming along. It's great. So she, Besides rebounding, where will J.D. Mula help you? And Brian said, defensively, ball screen coverage. He has great feet. He's versatile. You can do different things with him in terms of shell defense. You can cover. He can cover a lot of ground. He can make up for guys if they get beat off the dribble. He has really good feet. I think he's going to be a big factor for us offensively. He runs the floor really well here. He can sprint as well as anyone on the team. Being how big we know he is and coming off a meniscus injury, Noah, that's pretty noteworthy. Also, he's a great screener. I do think he's going to give us a big boost on both sides of the ball. Noah, I think I'd said cash before. I think J.D., obviously, we were expecting huge things from him last year. And some guys, like we said, A.J., feeling as good as he has. And we know J.D. said he's feeling 100% best that he ever has. Coming off injuries, that happens to guys. And it's crazy, Noah, seeing that. He can spread with almost anybody on the team. He's great in pick-and-roll defense. If guys get beat off the off the dribble, he's there. And he runs – just running the floor well. No, it's great to see these things because we're expecting big things from J.D. Yeah, it's be interesting to see if he'll – would coming off that injury, if he'll start start of the season or if he'll be a role player because we know uh, getting into his next question, he was asked about Kyler Filowich and uh, what what steps he took. So it's interesting to see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, and then real quick, since we know that Cash and Trent are going to play, it'll be interesting to see. Because those seem like two interchangeable guys. We know Cash will start. Trent, even though we know he'll start too, seems interchangeable. It'll be interesting to see who does start, so we'll be keeping an eye on that. Uh, so, yeah, J.D. and his ability to screen, he said. Screening is a big thing. We know our, we were big. In the Barry era, we were huge on pick and rolls, and that'll be the case here, we hope, with J.D. Can't wait to see him. And, yeah, you said Kyler. He, said, he was asked, what are some new wrinkles in his game? He said, Kyler has had a great spring, summer, and fall for us. He's been available every single day. He's one or two of the guys who hasn't missed a single workout. That's great to see, obviously. Nothing nagging, but the fact that he's just taking care of his body. He's done a great job with his body, first and foremost. He's gotten stronger. He's gotten leaner. He's gotten quicker. He has a better core and a better base, which helps him with post-ups, defensively, ball screens. No, we know how good Kyler was in the post last year. He'll be even better, according to this. And he obviously was. He was he was big. We, he was a great football player up there. He could have went somewhere for football, arguably. And we said how we joke sometimes he could play defensive end for the football team. But the fact that he's gotten leaner and he's running faster, that is great. Uh, he's a lot more comfortable, he said. One, making free throws. And two, maybe making one extra dribble on a post-up or a free throw line catch where he can drive a closeout, a closeout or maybe back someone down. No, that's – I mean – like I said, he's great in the post. He's making free throws, being more comfortable. He's going to dominate. Music to my ears. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, he tried to dunk, dunk a couple times last year, and it looks like he couldn't even get up as we watched his high school tape, and he was breaking backboards and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure he's got more lean, and he'll have more athletic ability. As we know, we brought him as a freshman. We bulked him up a little bit, so now he's got a little bit more lean, just straight-up muscle now. So it's great to hear that he's been working very hard, I'm sure – him, Scotty, and JD, and Anthony have been. I'd I'd love to see them go out into practice. I know, and that's all we wish we would have. Even though that's that's practice, and they're working hard. We would if we got an exhibition or anything, we see them match up against one another. That's that's cool. You say we'll be so interested to see how Scotty is this year. But 
uh, yeah, the fact that Kyler, obviously, he's, he preached, obviously, how comfortable you would be from your freshman to sophomore year. And he was all freshman team, no, as we know, and he's going to get even better. He might be a little bit in our bold predictions here coming up soon. Uh, but it's not as new to you in general. He said, he said, you got relaxed and the game slows down a bit. You've been able to see that through practices with Kyler. So cannot wait to see what he does this year improving. And then Noah, he was asked about the all Valley third teamer recent birthday, as we said, Lance Jones and how different is Lance's game? He said, we want Lance to be himself in terms of being aggressive. His paint touch possession decision-making is something we've stressed with him throughout his first two years here. That's interesting, though. We know we know Lance is big bodied. We know he looks great. He needs to see more, especially if he's got. I, I said this example a couple of days ago with like Bowen Borengardum, guys like that, or even guys near his size, like or even a Roman Penn. Like if you're there and either you can distribute or take a guy on the post, use that big frame of his. Noah, he's got to take advantage of it. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, that's what he needs to do. Uh, we can post him up from time to time too with shooters all around. So it'd be great to see. Especially if he can, he's in and out of the lane all the times, and his decision making. Yeah, even though he's a great passer, he said again as he continues to mature here, the game will slow down for him. The more decisions he makes, he will continue to improve on that. The thing he does best is play with complete confidence. He's fearless at times, uh, and we don't want to reel that in. So yeah, exactly. That that's what makes Lance who he is. Is the ability. This is my words. The ability to. Play like he doesn't matter who. He could play LeBron James, who's his best player. He thinks he's the GOAT, by the way, in that one. in the dog, Pat O'Brien, recently. But he could be playing LeBron, and it wouldn't matter to him. So um, he said, we just want to make sure we're getting the shots that we want to get. And he's getting the shots that are high-percentage shots for him. He's an elite shooter from three, and he does a great job finishing when it's a one-on-one finish. That's correct. No, we remember his freshman year, that move he made on Daryl Brown was unbelievable. And the fact that he can do all that kinds of stuff. And he mentioned his shooting. No, we said earlier his freshman year wasn't great. But the last year, he, I'm pretty sure he had the best three-point percentage in the Valley. If he improves off that, and that had a lot to do with Marcus being out and having to do that. But if he improves, keeps his shooting up, we will be maybe the best shooting team in the Valley, along with the other guys we have. Uh, and he mentioned, yeah, the one-on-one finishes at the rim and all that stuff. He's he's so good at that. When he draws two guys, he can continue to develop that sense where he finds the open teammate. R.E. Trent, R.E. Steven, all these shooters we got. He's explosive. He said, I said that. He's explosive. He's a great summer. He's had a great summer in fall. He's another guy who has been on the court every single day, so that's good. When you're one of your best players has been on the court every single practice, that's great. So him and Kyler have, and that was has been a huge for him. I think what he did last year was impressive, but I think he has another jump that he can make this year. You know, and we know – He's got all valley potential. He can carry us if he needs to. Be interesting to see how his game truly is with Marcus about because we know Marcus is going to get his touches, going to score, going to do his thing as the best player. But Noah Lance is going to dominate again this year. Yeah, he's going to be Lance Jones, and that's what he does best. Uh, and then he was asked about um, the the play, the third player to emerge to create a big three, perhaps, in Marcus and Lance. He says we need a big three, a big four, five, six. We need a lot of guys to step up and emerge. The Valley is such a deep league. Obviously, this year is unlike any other in our league with the COVID aspect and all these teams returning so many players. Just the depth of the league. There are no bad teams or coaches. I think it's a credit to the coaches with all these kids coming back, speaking to their cultures. Kids know that they can go anywhere they want to go after college Right from this league, blah, blah, blah. He said, they're go- that's where we're going. We're trying to develop. That's why we're so excited about this year, like I mentioned, because our depth should be much greater than where it was the last two years. 
talked about Ben Coupet and no other something that sticks out here the how extremely hard he's uh, that catch has worked. He says he thinks he came in at 177 pounds and right now is 196. I mean, that's about as noteworthy as it gets. We know he was skinny. And even in that picture of the team picture, he looks like he's definitely bulked up. And he says he brings a sense of maturity, brings experience to us. He's different from our other guards or wings in terms of his length and athleticism. No, that's what we've been preaching, right? For since Armand Fletcher's been gone, we need a player like him. He said that we have high hopes for him, right? Yeah, that's the guy, the type of guy we need, and he's going to play in a big role this year. Said he got here in June, so in four months he's put on about 20 pounds of muscle. I think he's going to have a great season for us. And then Noah for Plankin, we know we talked to Steven at the open house. He's really cool. We saw him at the football game recently. Uh, he's very entranced at what we're doing here, and we're thinking he's going to have a huge year. He said, for Plankin, started for you last year. What do you expect from him? He said, I, Brian said, I think he'll have a big jump. He got a ton of viable experience last year. He's one of the hardest workers in our program. He's in the gym in the mornings and at nights. He loves being here. He's going to be more comfortable handling the ball this year. I think the game will slow down for him. He understands our defense. He's a really good positional defender in terms of having trust on the court. Steven has been all to earn that over the last year and a half. No, we talked about recently, or I, I remember I said that Steven seems like a guy you can trust, a guy that's not going to make a lot of mistakes. And that's, it seems like that's the case even with Dalton Banks. No, I remember, didn't you say recently you heard something about Steven or the potential of, you know, obviously these freshmen emerging could uh, cement him in the, in the rotation or something that obviously that's possible. See, hearing Brian's words here, maybe that's not the case. Did, you remember hearing that or seeing that, right? Yeah, I remember hearing that. Uh... Season ticket holders had a open practice they went to, and that's what they took away from it. Which is interesting. Yeah, it could have been one. We talked how, like I said, I found that hard to believe uh, in general just because of how the impact he will make. So uh, we're interested to see how that goes. So that is where we stand going into it. It's fortunate to hear about cash. Uh, Noah, now let's get in. We've had, we said some bold predictions, which is something fun to talk about. What do you, you have a couple? What, what are your two bold predictions for SIU this year? Yeah, there's a, there's a couple. Uh, bold doesn't mean that we think what's going to happen, but uh, I think uh, Lance Jones could be your leading scorer with ease. Uh, he'll make another step, and uh, I think uh, Kyler will average a double double for sure. I don't just Kyler for sure. He he averaged. I don't remember what it was. Nine. And, I don't even remember what it was. Close to a double double. It seemed like anyway. As a freshman, I think that'll be that'll definitely happen. I agree. He gets a lot of PT and then Lance. Yes, with his ability to shoot. You know, Marcus is a great shooter that they can match each other. We'll see how that goes. I don't disagree with that at all. I think my only bold prediction was I I could see Kyler making one of the one of the All Valley third teams. I mean, especially. How good he is in the post. It was tough for a lot of players outside of Cam and and Pram to guard Kyler. And now that it's just Pram, a lot of players, he, like I said, he played really well against five. So a lot of those bigs, him and Jacob Hudson went at it too down the stretch of the season. So especially if he's improving around the whole basket itself and shooting free throws, he could definitely put up points and all that stuff. And I, I, I could see Kyler being on one of the third teams when it's all said and done being a huge problem. So we mentioned single game tickets are out on sale now. I'm pretty sure five dollar tickets tomorrow night. Everybody, uh, we want it. We want us even as exhibition. We want everyone wants to see how the team is. We won't see two guys, but who cares? We want to see people there. It'd be great to be there. We mentioned earlier how uh, two years ago was the last time we've seen a team at Banterra. We didn't see him last year, so it'd be great to be back. Uh, Brian is in the doghouse actually right now at six o'clock. 
Seven minutes in, he is currently there. We'll, we will cover that on the next one, Noah. Now let's finish this thing with our opponent tomorrow night, Henderson State. Yeah, D2 school, the Henderson State Reddies. Uh, they won their conference back in 2020. They went through some ups and downs last year with the COVID season, but uh, Jimmy Elgis, their coach, is excited. He says, he, we feel like we have a great nucleus of returning players and leaders when you combine with our six new players and we're tremendously excited about this team can accomplish. They're built one for one of the t- toughest non-conference schedules in recent memory to pre- prepare themselves for their conference, so they play in a pretty good conference. I believe they were picked fifth. Uh, they bring back all-conference guard Malik Riddle, Senior guard Quan Marshall, junior guard Damian Deer, and Yuri Swinford as well, and a couple other transfers from like Georgia State, Ryan Boyce, Frank Camgeen from UK, UMKC, and a couple of Juco guards. So they were picked fifth in their conference. This will be a good test for tomorrow night. I agree, especially with not having cash and trend will be interesting. Those freshmen will step up. Uh, so, yeah, they will be, you know, they won't be. Uh, it seems like one of those things, first game of the year, there'll be some some rough patches in this game, but obviously we expect to prevail. Uh, so overall, Noah, what are, what are we expecting now with no cash? Let's just give some lineup predictions tomorrow night. Like, Lance Jones, Ben Harvey, Marcus Damask. I'm going to say we go big with Anthony and Kyler. Exactly. And then I could see without no cash. So you said Lance, Marcus, Anthony, Kyler, and then ben. I, and ben. So I could see that as well. We know Ben is, you know, has trust from the team and could definitely play that. I could see, but you want to keep a decent bench. So I could see Steven coming off the bench, yes, and then freshman coming in. And that's the biggest thing of all because we mentioned how we wish that maybe Brian would have got asked or mentioned about the status of the freshman with three of them that, and what impact they could have, and we'll see that hopefully tomorrow. Noah, some quick, you know, it's an exhibition. Uh, dog of the game, who's, who's going to stick out tomorrow? Um, dog of the game, uh, I'm going to say in his return, see if he's healthy as Marcus Damask. Yeah, especially if he comes out a blazing and they can't stop him, I can see that. Uh, I will go with, let's see here. Um, if the freshmen do get in, I will. I'll go with Scotty because we've been talking about him a lot. If he gets in here, which he will, because, like, we don't know if JD's going to play in this game, like, just to get game action, but he's going to come out. And Kyler's too important to keep out there. We might see a lot of Anthony and then obviously Scotty. And we'll see how Scotty moves, how he is, if he can dominate this kind of competition. And obviously if someone just sticks out in general, it could be the dog of the game. So, yeah, and then that was in the, also the things maybe we want to see or expect. And I guess we could both agree we expect to see freshmen and hope to see freshmen and their impact. So a big old uh, preview of this season. We hope everyone has stuck around to this point. We really thought this was good content and status that everybody – um, as I mentioned, tomorrow's game is at 7 o'clock. We will for sure be there. We expect a lot of people $5 tickets to kick off the year in the Banterra Center. It'll be really fun. So we mentioned we have a scrimmage on Saturday against uh, – what's that school again you said? IPFW. There you go. So we'll be right back in action after this for next weekend. So we're looking forward to this game. Henderson State, 7 o'clock. See everybody there for Nick Malone. No alerts. Until we talk. Sometime soon, we'll we'll preview this game or uh, recap this game coming up. So until then, go dogs.